Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Marty Leeds Math Magical Radio Hour, where we discuss myth, math, spirituality, philosophy, science, and so much more. www.martyleeds33.com Hey everyone, welcome once again to the show. Got to chat with Mark Passio this week. I'm assuming that most of you know Mark's work. He doesn't really need an introduction. WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com is the website. Mark has an extensive lecture series and podcast series. He does does a ton of stuff, so check it out. Um, I've absorbed a ton of Mark's lectures, but the one, if you, if you aren't familiar with his work, the one I would personally start with is the Natural Law Seminar that he does. And that baby's, I think that thing's like several hours long. I think like six hours long or something, but totally worth it. Um, I think that we often forget the idea of uh, common law and how important that concept is. That there are, there, there are the pseudo laws, the imaginary laws that man dreams up. And then there are the, the principled laws of God, the laws of the creator. And those laws are based on a moral center. And basically the golden rule is the, the median of creation. And that's what these laws are based on. And to me, these laws are truth. And truth is beyond opinion. And truth is just truth. The truth isn't a, a fashionable thing. It's, it's universal. It's immutable. And therefore, it's sacred. And so to me, aligning with these truths is to align with the creator itself. And that's why it's sacred. And that's why it's important. Okay, so I know it's a little self-absorbed to highlight me as the musical guest on my own podcast, but whatever. Um, I just thought this song was perfect for the show. The outro song is called The Terror Lies, and it is off my EP, The Mountain, which is available on iTunes, and you can listen to it for free on YouTube if you want. And I also have some other musical offerings there if you would like. All right, ladies and germs, thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get pious with Mark Passio. If you dig what you're listening to and you want to hear more, the best way to support my efforts is to head on over to my Patreon page and provide a monthly donation. The link is provided at martyleads33.com where you can find books, music, lectures, interviews, with so much more in the works. You can download the first season of this podcast on iTunes, and please like, subscribe, and share. And now, on with the show. Mark, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Marty, thank you. It's a pleasure to speak with you. 
So I've been I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. You had invited me to speak at the I guess it was the second Free Your Mind conference. Yes, correct. And so yeah, you were I mean you were busy the whole conference. I didn't you were obviously talking to everybody and watching the speeches and things like that. So I didn't get a chance to pull you aside and and speak. And I ended up missing the after party as well because I ended up having a split early. I was doing sort of a research trip. So this is the first time we've actually spoken. So sure. um there's I mean there's just so much I wanted to chat about. There's um, there's just so much been going on in the last couple months, and so you know I was prepping for the show. I was like, all right, maybe we could talk about the the election. We could talk about Pizzagate. Um, but and then I was thinking maybe we could just focus on at least what I feel like is sort of like the underpinning or whatever of of what's being revealed right now, and that is something I know that you know a lot about, and that would be the the dark occultism, Satanism, um, that sort of thing. Can we start there? Maybe, I, and I know, I mean, maybe we can discuss this. I know you've discussed this stuff like ad nauseum before. So I get that if you're kind of a little sick of maybe telling your personal history with Satanism, things like that. Can we get a little foundation there where your experiences leaving that whole thing? Can we start there? Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's no problem. I actually uh, I like to talk about that because I find that still so many people really uh, do not deeply understand yet what Satanism truly, really is. And when you try to explain it to them from an insider perspective, uh, from a perspective uh, that does not come from reading about it in books, but actually living it in real life, um, people will still try to say that I don't know what I'm talking about from an insider perspective when they have not been involved in the dark occult whatsoever at all at any point in their lifetime. I liken that kind of a mindset to uh, telling someone who lives in Paris when you live in New York City and have never been to Paris exactly what Paris is like. You know, I mean, a, to a Parisian, you know, to a person who's lived there their whole life. And it's it's like you would look like such the fool uh, trying to say to somebody who ha has direct personal experience with something that they don't know what they're talking about when, in fact, you yourself don't have personal experience being involved in it. It's kind of like, you know, explaining to somebody who has never been in any kind of a, a fight or a, any kind of a, 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 a confrontational situation or war what that is like. It's either you've lived it and you definitely definitively understand what it is and what it's like, or you don't really have a frame of reference to speak from personal experience. So I don't mind talking about it. As a matter of fact, I think it, it will clear up uh, a lot of misperceptions that people have, uh, especially coming from a religious standpoint, point of view regarding what Satanism is. So, um, yeah, my, my background, it, it's, um, it's pretty um, interesting because I span the full gamut, so to speak. I, 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 the pendulum swung in both directions for me, you might say. I grew up in a traditional South Philadelphia East Coast uh, Italian uh, Roman Catholic background family. Uh, nothing really remarkable about my family, just, uh, you know, uh, Italian Americans, uh, Roman Catholic background. Um, never the kind of people to question the status quo. Sort of, um, you know, don't rock the boat, uh, try to work hard, get along, go along to get along type people. You know, your average American, you might say. Mm -hmm. And, um, <clears throat> Uh, during my youth, I really uh, I received a lot of religious programming and religious dogma. 
uh, through not only uh, the school system because I went to a Catholic grade school, but also through you know um, p- parents and and grandparents passing it along, teachers passing it along. Uh, just that's what you did. You didn't question your religious upbringing. You just uh, you know accepted it and then uh, passed it along down the the next generation. Mm-hmm. So I started questioning it all in my late grade school years, early high school years, and. When I realized that these were just dogmatic programmed belief systems that were there to really control how people think and behave, I really began to get angry about being what I perceived as as uh, willfully lied to or lied to uh, in the sense that nobody questioned these things when uh, they could easily be shown not to be logical and uh, and um, reasonable. Mm-hmm. And what that anger, that extreme anger that built up turned to is I started looking for the polar opposite, the antithesis of the belief system into which I was born and indoctrinated. And I found it in the form of what is known as Levian Satanism. And this is what people have to understand about Satanism and Satanic belief systems of pretty much any kind. And when I say Levian Satanism, people might confuse and think that this is the only kind of Satanism that there is out there. There isn't. There's many different um, variations or flavors of it. But ultimately, all forms of modern um, uh, ideological Satanism essentially contain what I call four uh, overarching tenets or four pillars of their worldview, which I can get into. But I I got involved in Levian Satanism, which is uh, the form of Satanism that was written down and kind of crystallized by its founder, Anton LaVey, who formed an organization in the 1960s known as the Church of Satan. I became a member of the Church of Satan and started espousing the philosophy uh, after um, kind of identifying with it and identifying it as a rebellious and uh, polar opposite antithesis of modern Christianity uh, in its belief system and, and worldview. And um, can I, I start? Can yes, I, sure. Yeah, stop you there one second. Can, um, I mean, do you think that those people that they sort of like prey on that? You know the disenchanted, rebellious, misguided youth kind of thing, because it yes. really—it really seems like that's—they're—they're they're looking for those people. That's to... exactly what it is for. It is a net for those type of individuals who lack knowledge, which I did at the time. I had no knowledge of what religion really was about. I had no knowledge of astrotheology. Mm-hmm. I had no knowledge of the occult and its underpinnings and its workings in society at all. Just angry and a... full of piss and vinegar, right? Got it. Exactly. A a totally misdirected rage. And see, anger can be productive if it's channeled properly and it is accompanied with knowledge. Then it's righteous indignation. But anger, just for because you you don't know what's currently going on and you're in a state of confusion, you know, it can be very counterproductive and it can lead you down the wrong paths and down the wrong channels in life. And that's what happened to me. However, in hindsight... I don't know if I would change it because it gave me a peek behind the curtain and then my subsequent subsequently my worldview changed radically for the better and I started trying to explain to people what was really going on because I got a peek behind the corridors of power at what was really controlling things. So um so base yeah what yeah. made what made you come to that realization and then abandon all of that? Well, further involvement with Satanism, as I'll get into. Um, When I went down uh, into this pathway in life, um, I started realizing what it was really ultimately all about. 
So um, I'll tell you how I got to that point. Um, just a little bit more setup. I, I started you know, writing about Satanism and the satanic belief system after reading the, the foundational um, documents, basically, the satanic Bible, the satanic rituals, etc. Um, I would write for um, uh, little uh, zines, like small magazines, fanzines, they called them uh, back in uh, the early, the late 80s and early 90s. And uh, it, it basically, they were music related or culture related. And I would, I, you know, I was a uh, um, a writer in some of these, uh, you know, underground publications, and I would espouse the satanic ideology. I also did this through a, uh, a musical group, which I formed in the early '90s, and started putting a lot of the um, ideological uh, ide ideas about Satanism into the lyrics of the music. And my work got recognized by Anton Lavey himself. I did not seek. Um, higher level appointment or or um, involvement in the Church of Satan. LaVey saw some of my work through, I guess, Satanists follow a lot of um, publications like this because they want to see what's in the so-called counterculture in the underground, tap into that angst and maybe pull some of the people who have the talents that some of uh, these groups are looking for up into higher levels. Mm -hmm. So... Um, he saw that I was taking initiative at, at forwarding the ideology, and therefore he himself appointed me priest within the Church of Satan. He said, you know, you have the kind of skill sets we're looking for, and I'm going to put put you as, you know, uh, the, the rank of priest. I'm going to give you the rank of priest within the church. And he uh, subsequently asked me through writing, uh, I never met him in person or even spoke with him on the phone. Uh, through, you know, we communicated through letters, and he asked me to head a grotto in the Philadelphia area. So um, this, uh, you know, was something I really wasn't expecting or ready for. I took it as sort of an honor at the time, but I kind of viewed the whole satanic ideology as very individualistic and didn't necessarily want to take on the responsibility to form a group within it. And so I never took him up on that offer. Uh, that that offer kind of remained open-ended. Um, but um, what happened was he did put me in touch with some people that um, did have grottos in this area. And some other people put me in touch with uh, satanic grottos in my tri-state area. And I started attending some of these uh, rituals and gatherings and what I saw when I attended these rituals and gatherings of satanic grottos in my area was that they were not isolated groups of people that were just studying the occult or working with occult knowledge for their own personal reasons, as was I. See, I, my motivational worldview for all of this was very just selfish, you know, self-centered um, uh, mindedness. Uh, it was, if I understand something about, because uh, I had a rudimentary understanding of that, that this is what the occult was all about, it was about hidden knowledge that the majority of people do not have, that if you learn, you can exploit their ignorance and gain an advantage over them in life, mm -hmm. if you are of that mindset to do something like that. In other words, if someone doesn't know how to do arithmetic, and you know you do, uh, you're in a position to beat them for money 
if there's an exchange of money because they wouldn't know what they are owed for change, let's say, if they purchased something. So, you know, this is how a differential in knowledge is easily converted to a differential in power. And that's what the world of the occult is. It's just knowledge that the general population lacks and hasn't reached the general population that small pockets of individuals who are in the know do hold. And if they are of a egotistical mindset, they could easily exploit that knowledge differential and convert it into power for themselves. I kind of had an intuitive understanding of that at the time and knew that that's what occultism really was about. And, or, you know, I didn't see that as dark occultism at the time, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just wanted that kind of um, exploitative advantage over my fellow man. Because I was a very highly egoic person who was taught it's a dog-eat-dog world by my whole culture. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get a leg up, so to speak. Look out for number one, right? That's right. So um, when I started attending these um, grottos, which is what they call their covens, uh, I realized that, you know, they weren't just people who were looking at this from an individual perspective. They were uh, uh, comprised of an eclectic variety of people from every walk of life and every social institution that you can imagine, okay? they There were people who attended these gatherings of Satanists from politics, from law enforcement, from um, the technological sector, from the military, from the police, from banking and, and finance, uh, media, Law, entertainment, medicine, education, you name the social institution. And Satanists were representing these institutions at often high-level positions of power. I saw judges, lawyers, doctors, people from the media, a person from the Federal Reserve System, from high-level banks. It was people from all over the entire uh, cultural um, institutions of our lives, and they were Satanists working with these Satanic groups in the whole tri-state area that I grew up in, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland as well. And they were not working in an isolated capacity. They were not like looking into this information and studying this and, you know, um, just attending these rituals and meetings just to Um, enhance their own abilities uh, at an individual level, okay, Mm -hmm. so that they could do things in their lives that maybe the average person wouldn't be able to. They were working as a cohesive unit, as a group together, okay, and their goal at when I began deeper involvement, I realized was to control everybody else. It was not just to, you know, learn about how some things worked that other people just didn't understand and then exploit it at an individual level in their own lives. They were working with a group agenda. They had a group agenda. And that agenda was ultimately for them and their you know, organization at the highest levels of it to be the kings and masters of the world and for the rest of the people, the average population who didn't have the knowledge that they have to be their slaves. They wanted to set up a world of masters and slaves. Slavery of humanity was their end common goal, their agenda at the common level. And they were very open about it. 
They were very open that they already basically owned all of the institutions and had point men of power and influence in infiltrated into all these institutional bodies in our society. And they were very, very candid and open in their own circles that what they wanted to do was to control everybody else. And they wanted to essentially become gods on earth. And when I learned that that's what this was about from a group level perspective, my conscience intervened and would not allow me to proceed any further. When I finally, when it dawned on me, this is what this is and this is what all these people are doing and this is what I'm involved in at a very low level, I was like, whoa, you know. Having a leg up over somebody else to have a tactical advantage in life is one thing, and that's selfish and egoic enough. Uh, creating the destruction of human freedom and turning the world, the people of the world, into slaves is an entirely different story. This is an entirely different agenda than what I thought was going on here. So, so if, yeah. can I stop you a second? Where where do you see? Because you obviously saw, you obviously have a, a, a some sort of moral center there, even at a, a young age, even if you were a misguided youth and that sort of thing. But there was a there was a there was a breaking point for you with most of these people. Obviously, there isn't the breaking point. Where is there just a complete abandonment of morality with these people, or is that abandonment of morality is that part of the literal spiritual ideology of Satanism? A good deal of them are either primary or secondary psychopaths. You have to understand these are collections of psychopathic people. And can, can you flesh they're, they're, the psychopath thing out just maybe just a minute or two? And, and they don't really have any concern or care for anyone else other than themselves. And they were, are willing to do anything, including step on anybody else's rights and freedoms to get what they want. Mm -hmm. A psychopath doesn't have empathy. All they know is what they want, and they'll, they're willing to do anything to get it, no matter who they hurt. And essentially, that's what the highest uh, level ideology of this satanic uh, belief system is all about. It's, it's getting what you want at the expense of everybody else. And what they want is total control. There, there are people who want to totally dominate others, that to dominate the lives of others and essentially be treated as gods on the earth that's that's how out of control their ego has gotten that's the god of their religion is the human ego the people think see when they hear the word satanism that it's it's very cleverly done that they organized the ideology and crystallized it behind the figurehead of the the biblical representation of the evil um you know anthropomorphized deity known as satan mm -hmm. Because that has nothing to do with what real ideological Satanism is. As we'll get to, we'll, we could talk about the four tenets or principles of the Satanic ideology, which is uh, self-preservation as being the ultimate highest goal. Meet, not even just regular self-preservation from a survival point of view, but ultimately the, um, the, the propping of the ego on a pedestal. And the, the, the worship of it practically as the most essential force in the universe, you know, the self as God, that's their highest tenet. And when you put that together with, you know, the idea that the, their organization, uh, you know, the worldwide network of uh, satanic um thinking individuals which some people have referred to as the new world order some people have referred to it as the illuminati regardless of what you want to call this worldwide network they're just labels okay mm -hmm. the people who share this common ideology 
uh, are trying to basically become gods on earth and have everybody else be their slaves who basically have to bow down and worship them and uh, adhere to their demands, which they call their laws. So that's their highest goal. Then they have, you know, they, they base all of this on moral relativism, which is the second tenet, which essentially means they don't believe there's any such thing as objective right and wrong built into nature inherently. So they don't care about what rights are. They don't care about what right action is or wrong action is. They feel like if it's good for them, they can do it because it's good for them. That's their definition of good. Mm -hmm. If it's good for me and it works out and I gain an advantage, then that's what's good. Yeah, and it's totally relativistic because it doesn't matter if they hurt somebody else. That's not a wrongdoing. If they hurt somebody else and they come out on top and they win and they gain a tactical advantage over somebody else, well, then that's right because it was right for them. That's what moral relativism is. You know, and man's law is all based in moral relativism. You know, it's not like uh, this is a right because it's not harming somebody else, and this action is a wrong because it is harming somebody else. Things that don't harm anybody else could be deemed, you know, wrongs under man's law, and you could be caged for doing something. And then that's relative to in time and, and, and position. If you do one thing across one imaginary border, it could be illegal and you could be caged for it. And you cross an imaginary border in that same action is just fine to do. Mm-hmm. So man's law is all based in a sa- the satanic principle of moral relativism. It's, it's no different because ultimately they're controlling all the lawmaking bodies and they're bringing their religion into all of these institutional bodies in our everyday lives. And their, their ideology contains social Darwinism. This is the idea that like the uh, biological theory of Darwinism, which is uh, survival of the most ruthless in nature, okay, their so-called natural order that people talk about, if, people, if animals are willing to do the things necessary to survive and be more ruthless than the other animal and take territory and take resources and kill if, requ- you know, if they have to, you know, we're going to extend this into the human domain, into the human social domain, and that becomes social Darwinism. The, the survival of the most ruthless human beings, which are the psychopaths of the world, you know, as if somehow that makes them genetically superior to everybody else. This is how these people think. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge mentality within Satanism and the dark occult. Uh, social Darwinism. We got here, our genes brought us here because we were the most ruthless in society and we were willing to step all over everybody else and do what it took to got to this position, to get to this position of power. And that leads to the so-called final solution, which is eugenics. It's killing off anybody that stands in your way, stands in the way of your agenda, breeding whole societies to conform to how you want them to be, which is the mentality of a slave, okay? And um, I, I call this dysgenics. It's not eugenics. That's a misnomer. You know, eugenics is breeding positive characteristics into a society. They're trying to dumb down everybody so that they can't see who they're controlled by and they can't see their agenda and that they're willing to accept their slavery volitionally. And they seem to be pretty damn successful at it. (laughs) Doing hell of a job. You know, I wish I could go back to uh, the former associates that I had during these time period, this time period earlier in my life and say, uh, and laugh at them and say you're losing, but I, I'm I'm sorry to report that I cannot do that because they are kicking people's ass all over 
the world. And people who think that there's some worldwide awakening happening, I mean, I just, I, I can't even believe that they can't see how totally controlled the world still is and how totally in control these people still are. If, if people think putting someone in some kind of a polit political position in office is going to change the world, I mean, you know, you still have the United States in close to 200 military theaters in the world. You still have, you know, people signing up for the police and military every single day to a point where they have so many applicants, they can't even hire people fast enough. They can't bring people into these institutions fast enough. You have people who are uh, being taught that to respect authority. You have people being taught, don't challenge the system. Don't, you know, rock the boat. You know, it, it, people are as brainwashed as they have ever been. The media, I, I hear people constantly talk that the death of the mainstream media, I have no idea what they're talking about. I, I, I can't believe that anybody actually believes that that's occurring in, in, a, in any kind of a worldwide way. I mean, I go out on the street and I see people who are absolute mental retards who have absolutely no idea from any perspective whatsoever in one area of life have one iota of knowledge about what is really going on because they are nothing but television watchers. And this is all over, at least in the cities where, where I ha have traveled. Okay, I don't see any awakening happening, uh, at least on the east coast of the United States. Okay, maybe that's a, this is a hotbed for you know the the whole uh, you know satanic and new world order ideology, and they have a firm grip here, and maybe they don't have as much of a grip in other areas of this country. But I'm telling you, the east coast of the United States is the new Babylon. I mean, the people here are radically brain dead. I mean, I step outside my door and it is just zombie land everywhere, everywhere. This city is satanic and communist owned, taken, completely owned and taken in the place where the Declaration of Independence of the United States was signed. I remember what, what, what signed. I was, yeah, when I was in Philadelphia, I remember we, we were at the Liberty Bell and there was like four or five police officers there at the, or like security officers at the fucking Liberty Bell. <laughs> and I was just like, is am I the only person here that's seeing this? What the hell's going on here? I was detained outside of I, Independence I, Hall for yeah. pamphleting factual information, factual non-commercial information, non-solicitation, factual knowledge printed on paper, pamphleting in Philadelphia where the founders of America signed the Declaration of Independence and dirty Nazi thug park rangers stopped me from exercising freedom of speech in this city. Amazing. Okay. People like that should be boiled alive in oil. Okay. OK, so OK, that's, that's, how, that's how sick this country has become. That's how sick. And and there are people who will not get that angry about it. They will not be that angry. This is how broken human beings are. They can watch freedom of speech being stifled and destroyed. And they will say that's happening to somebody else. No, my friends, that's not happening to anybody else. That's happening to you, to all of us. 
That's the mindset of the Satanist. The mindset of the Satanist says, as long as somebody else experiencing that discomfort or suffering, I'm okay. And that's not the case. See, when you leave the mindset of Satanism, you stop concerning yourself only with what is happening to you. And you start concerning yourself with what is right. That's what leaving the Satanic ideology is all about. See, that was the beginning of my leaving the satanic philosophy in my mind, the satanic mindset. When I realized this is morally wrong, I don't want to see this done to people. I want people to have their rights and their individuality. I don't want them to be part of some Borg-like collective that has to bow down and, and capitulate to some elitist group that's running things from the shadows. I want people to have rights. I want people to have freedom. You know, that was the beginning of my transition, and it took me probably an additional eight to ten years of my life to fully leave that ideology behind. Yeah. Because it's an entrenched religious mindset. And you know what? The vast majority of the people of this country and the world are members of that religion and don't even know that they're members of that religion. They think that they're not Satanists, but they are in indeed de facto Satanists. Mm -hmm. See, Satanists can only rule other Satanists. Satanists can't rule people who have truly left the Satanic mindset and are out of it completely. You, that, that, that people like that are unconquerable because they concern themselves with what is right and they're willing to even put their bodies on the line to do what's right. Mm -hmm. They don't care about what happens to them physically. They care about what's right in the world and building something that is based in right behavior. But see, most people couldn't give a damn. They're, they wake up from the minute they wake up until the minute they go to sleep at night. All they're concerned with is me, 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 me. And that is what Satanism is. See, it's not going out into the woods and lighting a big bonfire and throwing some animals on the bonfire as a sacrifice and chanting some incantations in dark robes. That's not what Satanism is. That's what Hollywood That's told like you. Cartoon shit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Satanism is, I don't give a damn what happens to that person, even though they're in the right and whoever's doing that to them is in the wrong. I don't care because it's not happening to me. That's what Satanism is. And now, if you gauge society based on that standard, how many people are Satanic? The vast, overwhelming majority of them are. That's the answer. And this is what people have to get through their thick skulls, is what Satanism is. Satanism is a belief system. It's a way of acting and being and thinking in the world. It has nothing to do with worship. It has nothing to do with, you know, how you dress or what you what you wear or what, you know, places you go to. Mm -hmm. It's it's less of a set of practices than it is a set of beliefs. And they have most people firmly locked into this belief system. And most people would die they would die rather than give up this religion. They're, the satanic belief system that they have, they are so committed to that they will allow it to drag them directly into their grave before they give it up. That's how strong their ego, the hold of their ego is upon them. Okay, so this is something, maybe you have some perspective on this, because I've struggled with this a lot. And this is this sort of empathy thing with people, because... I look around at people, I see the same thing. I walk out of my door in the day and I look around with people and I see brain dead people, people asleep in their entire lives. 
And so, so I, 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 I want to have empathy for people because I know that, hey, you grew up in a whole system that was geared towards this indoctrination, you know, everything you were talking about, propagandization you're, since you were out of your mother's womb. And so it's like I want to have empathy for people and I say, OK, I, I understand you've been subjected to this stuff and that's a lot of times way, the way you are. But then I also have to break from that and say, well, no, you also have personal responsibility. You also have free will and you have to that's at right. some point in your life – Stand up and say, no, I'm not going to engage in this filth. And so I, I'm struggling with that. I don't necessarily know how to – it's a day-to-day thing for me. I don't even know how to address people sometimes. So I have um, looked at it from the perspective of is the population nescient or ignorant? Now, the first word that I said there, many people will not – recognize or know what it means and i've made it a point in my work to try to stress what nescience means i'll spell it for the the listening audience nescience is n-e-s-c-i-e-n-c-e nescience n-e put onto the word science you tack on n-e in front of the word science so nay science nescience And just think about what that means. No science. No no knowledge. Okay? So it's a word that means not having knowledge, not knowing. Literally, it comes from the Latin nesciere, which means to not know. Now, the word ignorance also comes from a Latin verb. It comes from the Latin ignorare, which means not to know. So nesciere and ignorare in Latin, both those root words, both mean the root words of nescience and ignorance, both mean not to know, to not know something. However, there are two completely different connotations of both of those verbs in Latin. The word nesciere in Latin means to not know something because the actual knowledge of that thing or that set of um, you know uh, circumstances or characteristics is not present is 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 unknowable to you because it's the knowledge that you need to understand that thing is not actually in your ability to reach. Mm-hmm. It's not present in your environment. The word ignorare means to not know because the while the knowledge is present in your immediate vicinity and in your environment, and you could easily acquire it by turning your attention to it, you have willfully, by an act of your own will, chosen to ignore it, chosen not to look at knowledge which is present. Now, here's what I ask people when they go back and forth and vacillate between these two things. Should I be really angry at other people because they don't know what's going on okay well you have to or should i excuse them because they've just received a lot of programming and mind control and a lot of indoctrination from the day that they were born and that's hard to overcome well what's the correct answer i say what we have to do is be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves the question if we are in awareness and do know what's going on, ask ourselves the question, do we live in a nescient society which there is no ability to understand and the knowledge is completely absent? 
Therefore, we cannot really be held responsible for not knowing something because we can't gain the knowledge by looking at things and understanding things and that knowledge is simply absent. Or are we a society that willfully decides, even though we're drowning in a sea of knowledge, which is at our immediate fingertips if we want to look anything up, and we have to simply exercise discernment and uh, use eclectic sources of information to aggregate that knowledge and then filter it and come to an accurate understanding of what actually is taking place. Is it present? And we are simply refusing to do that work. We don't want to put our attention there. We don't want to do the work that is required to come to that level of understanding. And therefore we just say, I don't want to know. That's ignorance. And I say we live in an ignorant society, most certainly not a nescient society. There is knowledge around every corner. There is There are so many books written you couldn't possibly read a, a ten thousandth of them in a hundred human lifetimes. Okay? And there is so much knowledge online. And the whole worldview of a person could be opened up, changed, radically transformed. They could come into a state of actual enlightenment about what's going on around them <clears throat> in short order, much short, shorter a period of time than it took for someone like me. Yeah. Because when I started coming out of this, the Internet didn't even exist yet. Okay, now there's no excuse for anybody to, to not overcome this programming quite easily, as a matter of fact. Not, no, I shouldn't use the word easily, but in a much shorter order of time than it took for people in the past because they had to do much harder research, go to libraries, go to bookstores physically. Now you can go online, type something in, get 10 documentaries about the topic, get an audio book, five audio books on it, 20 printed books in PDF form or in or in um you know epub form and you're off to the races in minutes you know and that'll keep you busy to, to learn everything there is to know about just about any topic you want for weeks or months or years I, it's, and, yeah because i i was I, I thought about that too it was like okay i've spent years before the internet or whatever uh reading books looking up things just kind of you know contemplative studies that sort of thing and now, literally within a weekend, you could absorb as much material as I had access to when I was younger. Without a doubt. So I, I can't get behind the notion that people deserve further excuses, further justifications for the colossal, staggering ignorance that they remain in. These people are not nescient. In the, in the age of information in which we are living, ignorance is a free will choice. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Yeah. And if people want to make excuses for people not doing the work, you're free to continue to do that. But you're wrong. The whole point is people who are ill-informed are choosing to be ill-informed because they've bought a fundamental lie. They've bought the lie that if you remain ignorant, you can remain not responsible. Mm -hmm. And this is completely untrue. You are always responsible. See, there's a tiny group of people who are controlling the world by population numbers. Tiny, tiny group of people. These people probably couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag, okay? And yet, they're running the world. because, And they're psychopaths doing this. How could such a small amount of people have this much influence in an entire, on an entire planet? Not just in one society, but in all of them. 
The answer is because people who make the claim that they're good people remain ignorant as to these people's agendas, and other people who make the claim that they're good people carry out their bidding for them at their orders because they've been told that that's doing the right thing and they actually erroneously believe that that claim that they have been told and the answer to this is none of those people are good people people who are ignorant to what's going on in the world right now they're not good people Good people don't ignore truth. Good people don't stay inactive and not look into what's going on in the world when injustice is being carried out upon tens of millions of people. Good people don't say, that's happening to somebody else, therefore I don't care. See, I, I, you constantly hear this mantra that most people are good people. Bullshit. Most people are not good people. Most people are totally bad people. Most people are Satanists. That's the real truth of the matter. They're not good people. Good people stand up for what's right. Speak out about it. Try to influence other people to learn about what's right and take action in in the right capacity. They don't sit back on the sidelines saying, as long as I'm comfortable, as long as my family's comfortable, as long as my children are comfortable, I ain't doing a damn thing. That's not a good person. That's a bad person. And this is what the good people of the world have to get through their thick heads. They need to stop making excuses for these bad people and call them what they are, bad people. Because being a bad person, which is what I was before I snapped out of this mindset, I was a bad person. I'll be the first to tell you. I was wrong and I was a bad person. It is changeable. That condition of being a bad human being is not permanent. The idea that you're born a certain way and you remain that way through your life is nonsense. Change is possible. Change is not only possible, it's happening all the time. It's the one constant in the universe, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. So people are capable of changing. So if you think people aren't capable of changing, they, they got you. That's their mindset. They want people to believe that because that is what gets people to abandon all hope. That's what gets people to say, well, it's like that, it's never going to change. If you think that way, you have bought into satanic mindset. The satanic ideology is firmly alive in your thinking. See, we have to realize that any kind of programming can be changed with good information. It's just like a diet. You know, can a bad diet be changed into a good diet? Sure. What do you have to do? You got to stop eating the poison and you got to start eating the healthy, nutritious stuff. It's that simple. Well, the same thing can be ha- can happen with behavior. If you want to, how, how does behavior form? Behavior forms based on thought patterns, what we think. Well, wh- how do we form what we think? It's in, based on information we take in. So it's the same as changing a diet. You want to change the diet, you stop putting the poison in, and you start putting the good stuff in. You want to change the mindset, which informs behavior, you got to stop taking in the bad information and start putting in the good information. you got to stop accepting lies and untruths, and you got to start researching and looking for truth. 
That's the only way the mindset changes, and the only way the behavior changes is when the mindset changes, and the only way the world changes is when the behavior changes. One follows the other, and therefore, when you tell people you expect the world to change and your mind is still in the sewer, your mind still thinks like this, you still have no idea what the causal factors are. You're still thinking like a Satanist, and you expect the external reality to change when everybody's thinking basically just like you are thinking, you know, and, and, and you try to tell them you're the problem. You are still thinking the same way that the rulers of the world are thinking and you think you're going to escape their prison. Good luck. Good luck. Speaking of escaping the prison and thinking how the rulers think, um, obviously you didn't vote i'm assuming anyway uh, from, of, course uh, of course not right yeah I'm a radical anarchist uh, yeah, yeah radical anarchist and i would say i'm moving to the point of just considering myself a radical militant anarchist to a point where just like at some point samuel adams had to explain to the people of early america that the British psychopaths who came here to oppress everybody here were not going to be stopped by talking to them. Okay. And he came here to Philadelphia to the Pennsylvania State House to advocate for physically stopping them through a physical revolution. I look at it like that's becoming my take on anarchism where I no longer really truly believe that we're going to solve the problem by educating people and changing consciousness. And because peaceful so many, fucking protests. Right. So many people have willfully chosen to remain ignorant that it's not really possible to do that way, and that's when a physical sacrifice is often required by the conscious of the world to give the world an extended chance to do it another time. That's what the American Revolution was in world history, and we're rapidly approaching the time where it's going to have to be done again. Okay, so this is something that I actually wanted to talk to you about too because I, I've, I've basically come to this sort of conclusion myself that this this whole idea, peaceful protest, things like that, it's like, okay, you want to, you know, for, for instance, I'm going to use North, the North Dakota area pipeline thing as an example, though I don't know the legalities and all that shit behind it. You know, you, you get thousands of people to show up at a place to say, hey, stop what you're doing. This is, uh, as far as I know, illegal, and we, we want you to stop. And they go, they come there in solidarity, and they come in to, pe to peacefully protest. And then they get shot with water cannons and sprayed over the air with chemicals and all the sorts of crazy shit. Literally yeah, literally tear, tore off, yeah. And my point was like, okay, you already you the, the people that are there that are peacefully protesting, you already made your statement that, hey, we want to do this peacefully. At some point, though, if you're just going to get these people in riot gear that are shooting, you need to bring this is why we have the Second Amendment. And and I, I remember reading right. some, something of the veterans that they were going to come on the front line. And so right. to, you know, kind of show solidarity once again and say, hey, if you're going to fire on us, you're going to be firing on veterans. Right. And my thing was like, okay, I, like I said, I don't nece necessarily know all the ins and outs of that situation. But if you really wanted to stop it, those veterans should have been bringing ARs. They should have right. they said, hey, if, if this, this cause is worth dying for, then this is what we're going to do. You God, need to stop. I, I'm in agreement. That's why I'm not interested in bringing signs to a gunfight. Exactly. These people yeah. are bringing guns. And, and you bring and guns. You think they care about you and they're not psychopaths? Let me tell you something. These police in America are a hundred times worse than anyone who belonged to the SS at its height. 
100 times more brainwashed, 100 times more immoral of people than the height of the SS officers and Gestapo officers in Nazi Germany. They are that brainwashed and they will follow their orders to their graves. And that's where that order following is going to eventually take them. Mm-hmm. Because if they think, see, th- this is the thing. It hasn't gotten so uncomfortable for people that they have decided I'm leaving my comfort level and we're going to have to go to war. Yes. But it's rapidly approaching that point. See, they're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until they wake the American monster from its slumber. And there's not going to be any putting that monster back in its box. It's not going to happen. When it, when that occurs, we're going to see a scenario that's going to make the French Revolution look like a kindergarten p- birthday party. Literally, that's what it's that's how bad it's going to be. That's how brutal it's going to be here. And the people who are on the side of the control system that think they're going to defeat almost 100 million American gun owners. Let me tell you something. I said this on an interview that I did recently with Max Egan. The only way you're ever going to defeat the wrath, the rage of an awoken American gun-owning public is you better dr- you better saturate the entire American continent with hydrogen bombs because that's what it's going to take to get the guns away from American citizens. And you know what? The rest of the world needs to get on that same page. You need to understand why the founders of America wrote and put the, 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 the Second Amendment into the Constitution. And and. The, the people in other countries who have already given up their guns, what are you going to bring to a gunfight when your masters decide that they're bringing guns against you? You're going to bring your bare fists. And, and, and you know what? Guess what? I'll take my chances with my AK-47, my friends, in a gunfight than with your bare fists. Okay, because you've given up that right, and now you're gonna you're gonna be caught with your panties down around your ankles when the time comes to actually have to physically revolt against these psychopaths, if and when it comes. I hope it can be done in consciousness, especially for people outside of America's sake, because if it does come to that in other countries, you're gonna see things worse than the Armenian genocide. Yeah. You know where people had no ability to resist their government when they brought rifles against them. You know, here we're going to have a much better chance of physical resistance if that becomes a necessity. And that's what the Second Amendment is for. That's what the natural law right of self-defense is for. You know, we need to, we need to, I keep telling people, we need to stop even thinking about it just as firearms, as the right to carry firearms. I'm pleased to announce that 11 states in the United States have full constitutionally compliant carry uh, situation in the state, which means you can t- take a pistol, conceal it, and walk with it without any permit. Mm-hmm. That's what the Second Amendment means. It means the government shall make no law regarding your ability to arm yourself with any weapon you choose. You want to arm yourself with a knife, with a pair of brass knuckles, with a pair of nunchucks, with a hatchet, a gun. You are free to do that and carry it. 
To keep means to own, and to bear means to carry. Mm -hmm. To own and carry shall not be infringed, meaning no law, none. And people are like, you know, well, isn't that extreme? Yeah, it's extreme. That's what it was meant to be. <laughs> exactly. It was meant to be an extreme statement that no law shall be made against this, just like no law shall be made against the infringement of speech. People should be allowed to say whatever they want, as long as they're not ad as long as they're not telling people I I want I want to do harm to you or I want to see somebody else do harm to you. That that's that's you know fighting words. Now that's not protected speech because you're saying I'm going to do harm to you. You know that's different. That you're violating someone's rights when you're telling them I'm I'm going to come for your rights or your freedom or your property. Mm -hmm. You know, but. Um, the, the, the Second Amendment is there to protect the First Amendment of speech. So when people gather to speak and, and air a grievance and they don't come armed, well, you're coming with no teeth. Exactly. You're coming with no protection. Mm -hmm. So the veterans did come. I, I'm a little up to date on this. And, and they, they gathered in, I think, uh, about numbers of about four to five hundred from what I heard. And um, <laughs> the Sioux... Um, basically denied easement to the land at the pipeline and supposedly this decision has been now backed by the army corps of engineers yet the holding company um, the, the uh the technology company that's building the pipeline said they're not going to respect the decision of the army corps of engineers so this is very interesting because now we may see a conflict developing between uh, corporate America and the military. And see, this could possibly show us just how entrenched the the corporate military-industrial complex is. Uh, if the Army Corps of Engineers uh, does not back down, I'd be very shocked. I, I'm thinking they're going to exert pressure from the inside of the big cult, the big cabal that's ruling everything, and they'll probably get the Army Corps of Engineers to simply back off and allow the construction to continue. But we'll see as this unfolds early into next year which way it's going to go. But I totally agree with your assessment. When you are dealt with, when you are faced with contempt, that's what these police are coming in every protest situation with. They look at you as 100% owner owned animals. That's what they look at the population as. We are your we you are our animals that we are going to corral and coerce and beat and and put down and make do what we say. And you know what? That's exactly what their masters think of them because that's what the whole control system is about. It's about building levels of slavery one above the other where you know the police are totally exerting their coercion and, and control over the population but then the owners of the police this political and then occult class is exerting their total control over the police i just watched a video where an african-american gentleman uh was uh speaking with one of the police officers and telling him you're a total slave man you have no free will you've given up your free will you're listening to what your masters are telling you to do you're a slave you don't even know what individuality is you can't even express yourself at any kind of a a, a level of spirit you, you your, your spirit is completely repressed and it's it's worse than that they're not just a slave they're a house slave there's no lower form of slave that the house slave because the house slave says i don't care if we're all slaves forever i'm only going to worry about i'm going to be given the slightly better treatment by my masters 
and then I'm going to beat the other slaves into submission for my masters. That's the most deplorable, reprehensible ideology that there is because you're willing to do it to your own people. You don't even care about the oppression of everybody. You're just going to oppress whoever you're told to oppress because you want to get a little bit better treatment because that's how selfish you are. And that's what these police are. They're house slaves who are totally brainwashed and their souls are completely given over to this level of evil. They're committed to it. And the people who think, look, I think that it is still possible to change these people, believe it or not. Okay, but the people who think they're just going to lay down just because you're telling them that what they're doing is wrong or have another thing coming. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is not enough people are doing that. You're not going to go to a protest and see cops lay down their weapons and say, you know what? We were wrong about this. Yeah. You guys have every right to do this. Okay. <laughs> it's never going to happen until their family members, their friends, their sons and daughters, their parents and grandparents say to them, you're a scumbag. I don't want anything to do with you. You're trash. You're vermin. But see, that's unlikely to happen because who made those people the way that they are? Their parents, their grandparents, etc. It all comes down to bad parenting. It all comes down to trash making more trash. Their parents were trash. Or they wouldn't have have ra- not raised a child with any moral compass to become somebody who is a coercive agent of evil and a coercive agent of slavery. That's a trash parent breeding a trash child. And then these people are breeding more trash children. And the cycle continues until information, correct information, truth, knocks people out of that cycle of deplorable ignorance. And the problem is the only thing that's ever going to do that to people is when they lose something. The only thing that's ever going to shake people loose out of that satanic mindset is when they have so much to lose that it's 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 more uncomfortable for them to stay in the mindset than it is for them to leave it. In other words, they have to suffer enough. This is what when people make a commitment to a satanic mindset, the universe says, okay. This is what you have chosen. You've chosen to make a commit your life, your life and your soul to the force that destroys evolution, that destroys the evolutionary development of an entire species and an entire planet. Okay. Well, here have some intense suffering. And now let's see if that changes your perspective. And if it still doesn't, you know what the universe is going to say? Have some more suffering. Mm-hmm. Have it in heaps and mounds until you gag upon it. That's what's coming for the world. This is what people have to understand. Nothing good can come of this mindset. The mindset is a mindset of a cult of death, depravity, pedophilia, human sacrifice, blood ritual, and slavery. And the, the the only thing that that can ever breed is more chaos, death, and slavery. And this is where the vast majority of the human population is stuck in their thinking. They refuse to come out of this mindset. They support it. Their family members support it. Their children and parents support it. And therefore, as long as you keep thinking, people keep thinking, obedience is a virtue. Following orders is a virtue. Mm-hmm. 
Joining the military is a virtue. Joining the police is a virtue. As long as you keep people, keep thinking about these people and institutions as the good guys instead of the people who are viciously, black-heartedly, and in full free will, deliberately deciding to willfully hold back the evolution of an entire species, because that's what these people are. They're the karmic. They're the people who are taking all that karmic debt upon themselves, not the so-called masters of the world who are whispering in their ear. See, this is what another thing people have to understand. It's not the people giving the orders who are the most evil people. Yeah, that's what we want to pass the buck and say, oh, we just we're doing our job. This is what we were told to do. No, they're not the people who are going to have the hardest karma come down upon them. The people who take the behavior, who take the action are going to have the har- hardest karma come down upon them in the physical world and in the hereafter. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have to understand. The order follower is ultimately responsible for this evil, because if the order follower walks away from their job, evil has no body. Literally, not a body to commit the evil act. It doesn't have a physical means of expression. If it's only operating in mind and people aren't willing to carry out the behavior, well, what happens to the plans? What happens to the agenda of these psychopathic satanic elites? It goes straight down the toilet and they can't enact it in the physical domain. And then they would be negligible and looked at as crazy, evil people who then will eventually die off and their mindset will die off with them. But do you do? And does anybody see that happening? Because I don't see it happening. I don't see cops walking away from their jobs in the millions. I don't see people going AWOL from the military in the millions. That's what a global awakening looks like. That's what a planetary awakening in consciousness looks like. When the control system order followers quit their jobs in massive droves, then. I, Mark Passio, will say, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. Welcome we to have the Enlightenment. Awakening <laughs> our hands. We have an ascension on our hands. We are nowhere near it, folks. Not even close, because the work isn't being done. I'm talking to people within the sound of my voice. You got to get on the battlefield and you got to engage the mindset of the enemy. You we're not talking to these people enough. Where, where, where are we go entering their social circles? Are we entering the places where they congregate and, and hang out with each other? Okay. Are, are, are we um, reaching them from a perspective of a family? You know, are, 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 are we talking to people who have their ear and explaining to them how wrong they are and how evil what they're doing is? No. You know what we're doing? We're saying, oh, isn't it wonderful your son joined the military? Isn't it wonderful your son just passed the uh, 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 entrance uh, qualifications to become a, a police officer? No, it's not. You're an order follower. Order following is never a virtue and is the path to every single form of evil that has ever been conducted in the world, following somebody else's sick twisted depraved orders these people are owned by satanists they're owned by dark luciferians they're owned by dark occultists they're doing their bidding in the world that's what this institution is for it was never to serve and protect the people it was always to serve and protect the dark occultists who own the people and people have to get that through their thick skulls and start researching the occult, understanding what the occult is, understanding the world of the dark occult, understanding what Satanism really is, and understanding that the people who continue this control system agenda are serving Satanism. 
Mm-hmm. That's exactly what's going on. I see no indication of it changing, but it can be changed if people develop the will to understand these things and propagate them out to the rest of the world. Pizzagate, it's a good start, uh, but there's psyops that have followed it by tr- trying to claim it's fake news. Mm-hmm. If This is a golden opportunity for people to research the world of dark occult pedophilia. These people are Satanists. The Podestas are Satanists. Abramovich are Satanists. Wiener is a Satanist. These are Satanists. This is what you got to understand. These aren't just political, um, you know, uh, lobbyists or people at high levels of p- political power. These are people in positions of occult power. Yeah. Occultists. And they're doing these things to children. This is how they gain power and create people with trauma-based mind control that they can activate at any given time or they, they can groom for other positions of power. This is how they lock people into their way of thinking through physical torture. Mm-hmm. There, there's, a, there's a method to their madness and people have to start understanding what it is and they have to start being willing to realize just how evil and dark things have gotten in our society because we've let it get that way. It's a function of will. However, it can be changed. Nothing is set in stone except the laws of the universe. Behavior can be changed, but we have to will it to change. We have to will that change in behavior into existence. And the question is, are we going to will it to change? If, uh, if we can do that, we can create a better and different world that's based on individual rights and freedoms. If we don't will that behavioral change into existence, we're getting all the same. people of the world is expect harder slavery in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, shit, man. <laughs> I could talk to you for like another hour. There's a whole bunch of stuff I actually wanted to talk about, but we didn't even get to. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shit. I, I mean, I think that's a, a good starting point for people who may not be familiar with my, my work. I know I can hit things pretty intensely, but we're living at a very intense point in time. And so what get, it, get over it. You know? <laughs> I've heard so many people say of that about you, about like, oh, he's really abrasive and really aggressive. And my opinion was just like, so fucking what? Like, <laughs> like it's like... <laughs> What, who, what, do you want him to lullaby this stuff to you or something? I mean, I, say that my response to them is knock, knock. You are in a war. You don't realize that you think that this is a game. You think that this is some kind of a, this isn't a video game level, folks. This is life and death scenarios. You're in a war with psychopaths who don't care about your rights. That's not an intense situation. Uh, uh, thinking about it in an intense way and trying to communicate the absolute import of the the grave nature of the situation we're in is not an appropriate um, method. It's not an appropriate uh, response to what's going on. This is an extreme situation. Mm-hmm. For the people who can handle it like big boys and girls, as opposed to worry about the tone, the tonality of somebody's voice, as opposed to the truth which they speak, uh, who do want to go further in their research, I recommend go to my website, whatonearthishappening.com. That's my main website. Once again, whatonearthishappening.com. And there's a tremendous body of knowledge there that will get you started and help you to come out of that satanic mindset and 
you know, basically fully expand your worldview as to what is really going on here on this planet at this time. I always recommend to people listen to the podcast audio in order at your own pace. If you do that, you'll gain the maximum benefit. There's tons of videos up there too. I'm going to having uh, I'm going to be relaunching with a new podcast and a new vidcast uh, in the coming new year. And uh, uh, the, you know, the work is not finished by any stretch of the imagination. So. Um, uh, the Free Your Mind Conference number five is coming up in April. People can check that out, freeyourmindconference.com. I'll be speaking at that this coming year. And, um, you know, check out my website, whatonearthishappening.com. And, uh, Marty, I just want to say thank you for uh, having me on. And uh, thank you for all the work that you have been doing. You've been doing your part to share this information and get it out there to people. I loved your recent video, The Deoculting of John Podesta. Um, just keep up the great work that you've been doing. Uh, you're also uh, doing the great work and you're shining a light on the darkness. And I really appreciate uh, you doing that and people out there who are like you who are uh, contributing to this, uh, uh, you know, the understanding of this grave situation that we all find ourselves in. So thank you. Awesome. That's great. That's so cool. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, keep on keeping on and hopefully we, we can chat again in the future here. Absolutely. Marty. Thank you so much again. All right. Peace, man. Yeah.
you his demon eyes glare. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.